0: Again, if you're visiting here today, uh, it's really good to have you here with us. We have visitor packets for you. If you're visiting today and you've never been in a church that values the presence of God, that welcomes the Holy Spirit, that is not, a, that, that, that um, believes um but every gift every supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit that the early church had everything Jesus did from cleansing lepers to healing the sick to even raising the dead we believe it is all still ours we believe that every generation passes that baton to the next generation until Jesus comes back and here's the truth and this is what I want to talk to you about today this is what the Lord put in my heart while I was on my break We believe that the plan of God is that every generation, just like I prayed for our children here, that every generation experiences a higher watermark of divine activity in the earth. Every generation is to benefit from what the previous generation contended for. The breakthroughs, the anointings, the revivals, all of that is to roll forward like minutes you know like they used to roll forward to the next month right it's a rollover we're supposed to get spiritual rollovers the problem is we get comfortable and that is a massive not only mistake but it's a travesty that we get comfortable in our christianity I want to say this straight up, right out of the gate. If you're bored with Christianity, or if you say things like, I'm not getting fed, I, with all affection, I want to say to you, that is probably not on the preacher. I, I, I know so many preachers... I know senior pastors all over this area, and some of them can teach and preach circles around me. Excellent preachers. And I can ask every preacher I know, have you ever had a congregant say, I'm not getting fed? Every one of them, absolutely. So either all the teachers and preachers are... Shallow, not seeking God, not praying for their flock, not in the Word of God, not hearing from the Lord, or maybe it's on the receiver. Now, there are some men and women who maybe not so much, but it's, but it's said, it's, it's a pervasive statement said throughout the body of Christ. Now, I want to say something up front. I'm jumping to the end of my message, but we're going to start with this, because this is about hunger. I want to say for anyone who's bored in their Christianity, bored with church, or feeling like you're not getting fed, isn't this a great thing for your pastor to say after you've been gone for four weeks? is this, this wonderful little, I have a question for you, I have two questions for you, and, and I mean this sincerely, I want you to think about this, because after pastoring for 35 years, um, or 30 years, I really believe this is, this is the case, because it's the same with me. Here's the question to ask yourself. Who is depending on you to answer their questions about God in their life? What pre-Christian or baby Christian or a believer who does not know half of what you know is coming to you and saying, can you explain this to me from the Bible, please? Who at work, who in your school, who in your neighborhood, who in your family... Have you recognized, saddled up next to, and begun to disciple them? Because I tell you, if you're not doing that, you're going to eat and you're going to eat and you're going to eat until you're ready to vomit and you're going to say, I'm not getting fed anymore because you're not feeding anybody. Amen. See, God has not called you not to be a lake, but a river. If what you receive here on Sunday mornings, you are not uh, transferring to somebody else throughout the week, you're a lake. And the gnats are going to come and it's going to start stagnating and your attitude is going to get negative and you're going to start criticizing the church and the preacher and the message because there's no outflow from your life. But when people are depending on you, you're desperate. And you go to God on their behalf and you say, I don't know how to answer their dilemma. And you go to Jesus, you get on your knees, you start praying for them. God begins to give you wisdom for them, and the next time you see them, you got a word of the Lord for them. And so your whole focus changes. From coming to receive and analyzing the the sermon and the delivering, it was a good, was it meat, was it milk, to man, I got somebody depending on me for answers from God. I gotta dig in the word for them boom everybody just turn to your neighbor and say boom yeah uh uh-huh and here's the other thing here's another way to safeguard yourself from ever feeling bored or being uh, lukewarm in your walk with Christ when is the last time you shared the gospel with somebody okay now listen Amen. The first thing Jesus said when He came, when He found His first disciples, was what? What was the first thing Jesus said when He came to the earth and He found His first disciple? Come, follow Me, and I will make you church attenders. So you can just sit there and eat and eat and eat and eat and get really fat and do nothing. What did he say? Let's say it all together. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What was the last thing Jesus said before he went to heaven? Go to church and sit there and criticize the message. (laughs) That's right. Is that Lucia? Woo! I told you. You're already a preacher, girl. He said, Go. Everybody say, Go. Go. Go And share the good news with everyone baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. And hey, I'm with you until the end of the earth. So if you're bored in your Christianity, check yourself. Is anybody depending on you to teach them in the Bible? And when's the last time you shared the gospel with anybody? I'm telling you, if you'll take this little word of encouragement and you will obey it this week, it's going to revolutionize your Christianity. You're going to get excited again. And the power of God is going to begin flowing through you like it has not in a very long time. I like what John Wimber used to say. Well, everybody's here, so don't worry about that. Anybody comes late, they don't get the welcome. Okay. John Wimber said this. When people would say to John Wimber, the apostle of the vineyard movement, that is a movement of signs, miracles, and wonders, people would say to John Wimber, you know, you're teaching milk, not meat. And you know what John would say to him? The meat is in the street. I was praying for you this morning at 3.30 in the morning and this phrase came to me from the Doobie Brothers song. Yeah. (laughs) Taking it to the streets. uh, 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 Taking it to the streets. Mm, Right? Everybody say, turn to your neighbor and say, you got to take it to the street if you want to find the meat. That's right. That is where, listen, if you want to experience more of God you have got to be about others. It can't just be God touch me, 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 me. You will see an elevation of the ac- divine activity of God in your life when you are focused on the lost. Because Jesus said, The Son of Man has come to do what? Seek and save. Say it, somebody. Seek. this is why he came, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Jesus said to his disciples, I give you authority and power over demons to cast them out and to heal all manners of sickness and disease." So go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, now, I've, I was seeking God and am seeking God desperately for us. When I started my break, I started seeking the Lord, and I every once in a while this anointing comes on me. I call the fed up anointing. And here's how the fed up anointing is manifesting in me right now. I am fed up seeing people suffer. Amen. In our church, you, those of you who have chronic illnesses and diseases and, and bondages and strongholds, it's not right. Because Jesus said healing is the children's bread. It's supposed to be as normal to us as getting a loaf of bread. Out of, the, out of the fridge. It's our daily food. It's ours. It's our inheritance. And I am grieved, and so are you, I am sure, seeing people who are broken physically, spiritually, emotionally, in the world, who don't know Christ. And when you pray for Him, if you do, and nothing happens, that's just unacceptable to me. It should be unacceptable to us. My passion and desire for you and me today is to draw a line in the sand today with God and saying we want the spiritual watermark, the spiritual level of your divine activity to increase in our lives, in our church, and through us as we with Jesus seek and save the lost. Amen. I'm inviting you to draw that line with me today. There are three elements to this, and I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you about how God answered this divine hunger that is in me right now. Can you, if you're going to, I'm going to move, so if you want to follow me, because uh, sometimes when I watch our videos online, the preacher walks out of the frame, and then he's preaching, or she's preaching. Not this morning. And then all they hear is a voice and it's weird (laughs) approaching God like this with this kind of desperation and hunger and insistence does not offend him he loves it he loves people who are hungry for him And his kingdom to come and destroy the works of the devil. This is not telling God what to do. That's not the spirit. And I said to the Lord, look, I'm the spiritual head of this spiritual community. You're the chief shepherd. I know that. Don't get weird on me. But I have a mantle given to me for you. And I've said to the Lord, I'm coming after you, and I'm coming after you for them. Because I want to see every single person who calls a gathering place church, their spiritual home. I want to see them, and I want to hear testimonies from them of people they know, who don't know you, experiencing the kingdom of God in power. So this has been my prayer and my cry to him. So... There's three elements to this, and all three get wrapped up in this story I'm going to tell you right now. So two weeks ago, I'm at Supercuts. And I've been rereading Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth, which I read a number of years ago when God broke this revelation open to me when I was on a fast in December for you guys, for our church, fasting. And I'm saying, God, what do you want to do at the Gathering Place Church? And he just said, heaven on earth. And this window of revelation opens up where I just knew all of heaven is available to us to invade the earth wherever we go. Heaven, heaven goes with us. And so I started preaching this revelation of heaven on earth. Which is why you see me sign my benediction a lot of times in my emails to you. My congregational emails are heaven on earth. And people, and I started preaching on it. And people thought I was teaching out of Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth. I'd never heard of Bill Johnson. Never heard of Bethel Church. And so then I took the staff up there. And I'm standing there worshiping at Bethel Church, you know, uh, up in Reading. And and, and uh, Kevin Mazzucato, our junior high pastor, he's standing right next to me. And we're worshiping. He had gout for 12 years on his, his foot he would literally crawl across, drag himself across his apartment to the medication because the gout was so uh, painful and this is a child of God he, he was on a, a on in the internet, he was part of a gout society, you know, on the internet and, I mean, he was in such pain, and we're worshipping and all of a sudden he looked down he had brand new skin on his foot wow. now that should be normal So I started digging back into that heaven on earth revelation over my break and I was fasting. And I go to Supercuts two Fridays ago. I'm sitting in the chair. And the lady says to me, Lorena, she says, how you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. I said, my shoulder hurts a little bit. She goes, my shoulder hurts too. And I said, oh. Now here's the moment. Here's the moment. My shoulder hurts too. That family of God is an invitation for her to experience Jesus that's your moment I just want you to recognize this morning that's your moment, I can preach at you I can lay hands on you, the spirit of God can be on you you can have all the gifts of the sphere without measure and you can sit there in that supercuts chair and the lady about to cut your hair can say my shoulder hurts and you can just keep quiet because you don't want to look like a fool you don't want to look like some Jesus freak but do you know that the world is hungry do you know one of the things that Bill Johnson said in his book that was profound he said there are people who criticize the revival we're experiencing up here at Bethel with all the signs and miracles and wonders he said but do you know who criticizes it Christians. He said, the world doesn't criticize it because they're desperate. They're sick and broke and hurting and lost and lonely. He said, they love it. Who does that sound like? Jesus. Jesus. When Jesus came in power, who hated him? The, The religious people. The lost love Jesus because he came with healing and power and hope. So I'm sitting at Supercuts in my chair and she said, my shoulder hurts. And I thought, okay, here, here's the moment, John. You preach it. Are you going to do it? And what you got to do is just do it. That's what you got to do. You just got to do it. You just got to take a risk or you'll never see the kingdom. You'll never see the kingdom come through if you don't take a risk. I said, oh, let me pray for your shoulder. She's like, oh, oh, okay. And I go to lay hands. She goes, pray for my heart. And I said, oh, why? And she just opens up. She said, when I was 12 years old, my grandpa told me not to go down to the river, and I did, and I got raped. And I got knifed. And I came home, and my parents said, oh, you just fell down and hurt yourself. So she's lived her whole life with this guilt and shame and bitterness and anger. And then she said, and just recently my husband cheated on me so I kicked him out. And she said, I'm going to my counselor and all this stuff's coming out from my childhood. And uh, and then she said, so he told me, I should, she, my counselor said I should go see my priest. So I went to my priest. You know, those of you that go to this church, you know how much I hate religion. For those of you that... Or here for the first time I just want to tell you something I hate religion with every fiber of my being because it's mean it's mean it always tells you you haven't done enough you need to do more and it uses guilt and shame to try to control you her priest told her the worst thing she could ever be told it was your fault and you need to repent for disobeying your, dis, disobeying your grandpa she said I'm never going back there again I said good I said, she, said, because, she said, besides that, I, sm- I cuss and smoke. I can't go down there. I said, Do you think all the people that go to your church are perfect? She goes, Yeah, that's why they're there. I said, Oh, girl. <laughs> So then I shared the gospel with her. And I said, let me pray for your heart. Jesus can heal your heart and your shoulders. So I lay hand on her shoulder. And I'm not really looking at her. I'm just kind of standing. And all of a sudden, she's not, I don't feel her anymore. And I look. She is full on on the floor. In supercuts <laughs> On the ground. The power of God hit that girl. Yeah. And she's groping for the wall like this, trying to get up. And I'm like, oh my God. I get out of my chair, I'm picking her up like this, and there's the only the place was empty. What have you ever seen supercuts empty? See, Jesus will partner with you if you will partner with him. And please do not Please do not disqualify yourself by elevating me to some kind of status where, well, God would do that with Pastor John because he's so holy. Ask my daughter if I'm holy or not, okay? I'm human. I'm flesh and blood just like you. That's what James said about Elijah who called fire down from heaven. James puts this little qualification in there. He says this, Elijah was a man with human nature just like you and me. Boom. Turn to your neighbor and say, boom. Yeah. Don't you dare elevate me over you and say, well, Pastor John's a professional clergy. That's what, no, 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 no. Turn to your neighbor and say, no. Don't do that. Don't do that cuz I'm not because I'm not going to meet the people you're going to meet. That's crazy. That's how the kingdom of God stays t- t- stays so small is when it's like this little tiny upper echelon of clergy that get to do all the power. That's crazy. It's a lie. Average Joes and Janes get to bring the kingdom wherever they go. My job is to train and equip you to go and bring the kingdom. So don't you dare to qualify yourself by putting me into a different category. And so there was another co-worker, and she walks by and sees Lorraine on the floor, and she just smiles and walks in the back. I thought, well, that was odd. <laughs> and Lorraine is like, she's like, she can't focus, and she's doing this, and she goes, what was that? I said, that, that was the power of God. And then, and then Aida came back out, and and I looked at. Her, I said, "Are you a Christian?" She goes, "Yeah." I said, "Do you understand?" I said, "Do you understand?" This? She goes, "Yeah." We do that at my church too. <laughs> and so then Lorena looks at I- 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 Aida and goes, "Fuego, fuego, fire going down her arm, right?" And she's like, "Out of." And then a customer walks in, and so then she gets behind me with the scissors, right? And I'm looking in her mirror. I said, "Hey." Uh, I said you take all the time you need before you start cutting my hair <laughs> um, she's going like this with the scissors in her hair and I just kept quiet because I'm looking at an encounter I'm looking at her in the mirrors, I'm looking at her eyes and I see I see her processing what's happening to her that's a divine moment that you can mess up by teaching and talking on the, on the top of it so I just sat there for like 15 minutes while she cuts my hair and he was there and and then he leaves and I said, you're going to receive Jesus today. And she said, no, it's too much, John. It's too much. It's too much. And I said, Aida, come over here. And she came out. I said, and and the place is empty again. I said, you need to receive Jesus right now. I said, I have a piece you don't have and I can't give it to you. Aida has a piece you don't have and she can't give it to you. Only Jesus can give this to you. And she looks at Aida and says, should I do this? And she goes, yeah, you, you should do this. And uh, she said, okay, but I'm still going to cuss. And I said, <laughs> "I said, come to Jesus just as you are. And then I had the privilege of doing the most powerful thing on earth. I looked her right in the eyes. I'm going to look her at you like you're her. I looked her right deep in her eyes and I said, Jesus forgives you to the very core of your being. And I saw the grace of the gospel go into her eyes, go down into her soul, and she starts to wave her again, and I grab her, and I it, grabs her, and she starts to, I can still, I could see the healing of Christ going into a human soul. So then I called her up and went back over and visited her. my son needed a haircut and I called and I said this is the follow up piece that's so important and I said hey is uh, Lorena there and I said I want her to cut my son's hair so Josiah and I went over there Sam and I went and I said how are you doing she goes it's a week later I still feel fire in my arm I still feel heat I said what about the pain she goes there's no pain she said but they're going to do an MRI because they said they needed an an operation so I'm waiting for the MRI report to come back I said how's your heart and she said all the anger is gone Yeah. Yes, you. Now that's Jesus in the marketplace, not at church. Okay, healing is our bread. It should be normal. We should experience and it's going to begin increasing. It's already increasing today. That's why I couldn't wait to come back and talk to you guys about this. Because... What the Lord has said to me during my break is he's restoring the past glory of the Gathering Place Church, which means we get double, at least double, of what we, the water level mark of the Holy Spirit. We used to see more miracles. Every Sunday we'd have testimonies of people getting healed, people getting saved, people getting delivered. Every Sunday I'd stand up here and read testimonies. They're on our website. That glory is returning beginning today, and it's going to be at least double. The water level of the Holy Spirit is increasing in our fellowship. But listen, it's not just for us. We cannot be selfish with the goodness of God. If we want to see God at levels and dimensions that we've rarely seen Him, you want to see more of God, you've got to take it to the streets. So I went back yesterday. I called her up and said, Hey, I want to buy you a sandwich next door, Quiznos, next door to the sandwich shop. And we sat at Quiznos, and I said, how you doing? She was preaching at me. Wow. I mean, I couldn't believe the revelation coming out of her. She said, I used to tell the Lord, you know, you do this for me, I like candles for you. And she said, the Lord does not need candles, He is a candle. <laughs> I was like, yo! She goes, I used to tell Him, I could have locks of my hair and give them to you. You do this for me, I give you some of my hair. Why does he need my hair? He can make my hair ten times more than my hair is. I mean, this revelation of religion versus relationship with God was like nobody I had to teach her. I was like, wow. I said, girl, you got the preach on you. You have the anointing of preaching on you. It was powerful. And she said, My cousin told me this is of the devil. She said, but the devil would never make me feel like this. So tonight, she's coming to our house to get water baptized. Okay, now, this, and I've told the Lord this, and I'm really serious about it. This is nothing more than a prototype of what of the DNA of the Gathering Place Church, you cannot leave here. Well, you can, and I hope you don't. But let me say it the way I want to say it: You cannot leave here and not try it. And I'm going to commission you before we're done here today to go. And Just begin praying for people, very few people say no to prayer you know i didn 't start with saying, "Do you know jesus i didn 't start with that she 's said, my how you know my shoulder hurts that 's a great starting place. Can I pray for your shoulder you know i go to, I, I go to church. we just believe that Jesus still heals people today and i 'd love to just pray for you. can I do that? Oh my gosh, you guys are going to be amazed. Some of you are already walking in it. Some of you never have. And I'm challenging you today to begin doing this, and God is going to break out in our church and through our church to a hurting world. Okay, let me see how much time I have to see what else I can do today. What kind of time I have left. Okay, a little bit of time here. Oh, here's my sermon notes. Look at that. Okay. There's three elements to this. There's three There's three elements to this. One is God's presence. Secondly is God's power. And thirdly is God's purpose for his presence and power. Say presence, power, purpose. Say it again. Presence, power, and purpose. I remember when I was so broke, I couldn't pay attention. I was in business here in San Diego with my brother. We were flat broke. He was—he had a nervous breakdown, on his, and he stayed at home and laid in bed all day, and I was going to the office, and we couldn't get anybody to buy our product if we gave it to him for free. And then the Lord completely turned it around. He taught us about tithing and giving to the kingdom and, and that God gives back when you're about His kingdom. He's about your, your life. And so we began to prosper and we just became very prosperous but it was all because of the Lord's blessing we learned how to partner with him but then one day he taught me the purpose of prosperity and I won't tell you that story but it was a very dynamic uh undeniable encounter with the Lord where he taught me that the reason he prospered us wasn't just so that we could have our needs met and then buy everything we ever wanted he taught me the purpose of prosperity was to help people and to give and pay people's bills and invest in the church and the kingdom and and all of that and once we started doing that then i got into this fun the, 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 the most fun partnership I've ever had with God was when I realized the purpose of prosperity was to be a blessing to others. And then I would start asking God, I need $10,000 worth of sales this week because I'm going to give it to that ministry because I'm going to give it to so-and-so because I need to believe God for that person over there. And I mean, our sales just went through the roof. So I started realizing what the purpose of prosperity was because you know God's not broke. And neither should His people be because our dad's not broke. But you can't be about yourself. See, again, that's the lake or the river, right? That's the lake or the river. Same thing with his power. I'm going to read a post from my wife, and she didn't know about, she didn't know about my seeking the Lord. I just kept it quiet. Sometimes when you're desperate for God and you're seeking Him, you don't even want to share it. Because you don't want people talking on top of it. Right? When you're spiritually hungry and desperate, you don't want people's wisdom um, weakening your desperation. Not that my wife, she's more spiritual than I am, but it was just holy for me. It was a place of desperation, and it still is. I just wanted to see God and not talk to anybody. I want God to hear me, and I want to talk to Him, and I want Him to talk to me. And so my wife didn't know about this. She did know about the encounter because then I told her about the encounter. And for those of you that don't know, my wife's primary spiritual gift is dreams. God gives my wife dreams and they come to pass. And I mean like places, times, people, faces, phone numbers, addresses, seasons. I mean, she has very specific dreams and they come to pass. Adopting children. Jesus appearing to her. So she had a dream and she posted it. And then she came to me and said, oh, by the way, I had a dream and I posted it. And I'm like, what? So I got on her Facebook and here's her dream. And again, this is for us. This isn't for her alone. And what's going on with me isn't for me. It's for us. I had a dream last night. It was June 30th. I was walking out the door of the house. And I'm going to ask you to interpret this. Because I think the interpretation is like simple. I was walking out the door of the house and I looked over there, I looked over and there were little Tupperware containers of oil stacked on a shelf ready for me to take one with me. What do you think the message is? Take the oil, which represents the Holy Spirit, to the street. We have a sign out front. I hope it's still there. When you walk out, it says you are now entering the mission field. We mean that. It's true. This is our holy huddle. To me, this is either the halftime locker room uh, encouragement. I'm your coach. And this is the locker room. We're about to go out and play the second half. And we're going to we're going to bust somebody's mouth for Jesus in a positive way. That would be healing and deliverance and salvation. <laughs> this is like we're on the football field and we're in our huddle and this is the play we're going to run. And then when we break church, we're breaking the huddle and then we get to go out and actually play the game. This is my point. So if all you're doing is being in the huddle but you never play the game, that's why you're bored. That's why you never see God move in a dynamic, supernatural way, because Jesus Christ has come to do what? And save. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus has come to do what?) So Hope goes on to say, for me, the message was clear. In America, we often make Christianity primarily about so many other things. Ourselves, our personal needs, our fulfillment, our kids, our lack, our dreams, etc., etc. But after the great commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Jesus said the next is to love your neighbor as yourself she goes on to say it was a great reminder for me to assess how I am doing do I have the great commission at the forefront of my mind on a daily basis because Jesus has it on the forefront of his I like what Pastor Josh says he always sends his his benediction is always on God's page and if we're going to be on God's page we're going to be about the lost the great commission she goes on to say, If I'm appropriating the gospel primarily for my own needs, I have failed! Exclamation point. And you know, hope's normally nice and sweet, right? So. Having oil by the door was, a, was symbolic of taking it out into the world. His love, His resources, the Holy Spirit gifts, the message of the gospel. As Christians, we often become insulated in our communities, our private schools, our events, our church meetings. I'm feeling encouraged and reminded to be conscientious of the lost today, to be open to hearing the Holy Spirit as I am out and about in my busyness. I hope this message encourages and inspires some of you as well. Now here for me is a very disappointing part of this. Whenever my wife posts, she usually gets 100, 200, 300 likes. On this one, she got 11. What is it about us, the body of Christ, that we don't obey the Great Commission? What is it? What is going on with us? And I mean that sincerely. Less than 2% of Christians have ever shared their faith. Less than 1% have ever led somebody to the Lord. I'm I'm just going to ask you to ask yourself why that is for you. Because I'm assuming, I think we have a little higher percentage of that in our church. Because as you know, I don't let this message go. It is the Great Commission. It is our calling. It's our identity. It's our purpose. But when's the last time you shared your faith? When's the last time you prayed for the sick, for somebody who does not know Christ? When's the last time you began discipling somebody who needs what you have? That's the Great Commission. I'm inviting you this morning to join me in joining Jesus in the Great Commission to seek and save the lost. And if we will do this, I have no doubt That we are going to see the sick healed, the lame walk, the hurting helped, the Lorena's healed up, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, would you stand with me this morning? I will never shame a church for wanting more of God in our own midst. We're His children. His presence is our identity. He is our Father. We're His sons and daughters. I'm going to stand up here like this so they can see me. Right. Pastor Josh asked me as I was sharing this with him. He said, well, how do, where do we start? You start with hungering for God more than anything else in your life. God says to Moses... I'm gonna send my angel with you. You're gonna go up to the promised land, and I'm gonna give you everything you've ever wanted in the promised land. Prosperity, land, you know, milk and honey. You know, remember, you know what Moses said to him? No. 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 If you're not going, I'm not going. I'll stay here in the desert with you. Whew! Come on. And do you know what God said to that? Okay, I'll go. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He'll do the same thing for you. He's doing it for me. His presence is increasing in my life. Because i told Him, I don't want to do this anymore without an increase of your presence in my life and in my home and my church on the street when I go to get my haircut for Lorena. That's what she experienced was the presence of God, is what she experienced. That was his presence. I can't manufacture that. You can't manufacture that. That was God. But you see, in my personal time, I still watch movies. I still play with my kids. I still go to the beach. I still do stuff you do. You don't have to get all weird and religious and and tell the I'll never watch TV again. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about hunger talking about first love come back to Jesus your first love remember first love's exciting man nobody can talk to you nobody can rationalize with you when you're in love your first love it's just like all you can do is think about him or her it's silliness let's get back to silliness with Jesus that's where it begins that hunger for God has got to be more important than your marriage your kids your career miracles it's got to be God first and it's beautiful what he said to him you know what God said to to Moses my presence will go with you did you see that he says my angel will go and you'll get all these miracles and Moses said no I want you and he said okay my presence will go with you and I will give you peace Life without the presence of God is very unsatisfying. And you will not experience peace. Even with miracles, you won't experience peace. Physical healing, it doesn't mean you're going to experience soul peace. That only comes from Him. The second is the power. And thirdly is the purpose. I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to say this to them. I know it's a little weird and awkward when you do this, but let's do it anyway. Just turn to the person next to you. But this is important because this is this is part of the strategy. Okay? Just turn to the person next to you. Look at them and say this. The Holy Spirit is in me for me. But the Holy Spirit is on me for you. Yeah. Huh? Do you guys believe that the Holy Spirit was in Jesus? Then why did the Holy Spirit have to come upon him? Jesus said, the Holy Spirit has anointed me. He's upon me to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted, to leave you captive captive to 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 the prisoners, sight to the blind. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, but He's on you for others. Don't waste the Holy Spirit being upon you for others. Okay, lay hands on the person next to you and begin to pray for a desperation for God. Begin to pray that the Lord will begin to stir deep in their hearts this week, even starting right now. And as you're praying for one another, pray for yourself too. Say, God, create a greater capacity for your presence in my heart. God, touch me deep in my soul. Reignite that first love. Pray for that. Pray for reigniting the first love. If you've been critical of your church, of your pastor, of other preachers, repent. That's not the Holy Spirit. He's not giving you those thoughts. He's not, he's, that's not him. Say, Lord, I repent. Forgive me for being prideful and critical. It's my fault. Lord, unleash me to seek and save the lost with you. Tell them, I want to see miracles. I want to see people healed. I want to see people saved. Dig deep, church. We're going to pray this. This is an impartation moment. Dig deep. Lord, I want to see it. I want more of your presence. I want more of your power. I want to be used by you to bring the kingdom to those who don't know you, Jesus. Tell him right now, I'm drawing a line in the sand, Lord. No more mediocre Christianity. No more spiritual mediocrity. I'm drawing a line in the sand, and I'm stepping over it, and I'm saying, God, meet me. Now make a promise to him that you're going to step out this week and take a risk. Put his reputation on the line. I'm going to tell you one more one more example. And then I'm going to come up here. I'm going to be right here. And I'm going to lay hands on anybody who wants me to lay hands on them for an impartation. And then the food's going to show up. And we're going to break bread together. We're going to call that communion. And we're going to fellowship. Jesus is going to be among us in our fellowship. You can pray for one another, praying for the sick that are right here while we're at the tables. Healing is our food. Jesus said it. It's our bread. So when you're eating together, if somebody's sick, you have chronic illness disease, say, pray for me. I believe the water level's increasing in our fellowship. And we're going to act on it right here first, and we're going to leave and act on it. So my, my, my neighbors, now I'll tell you that story another time, but I'm going out to my neighbors. They're seeing their prayers answered. I'm putting God's reputation on the line, and uh, God's doing great works. But I'll tell you that because we're out of time. We, we're just going to have testimony after testimony after testimony. But it's because we are hungering for Him. So if you want prayer, come on up here. I'm going to start laying hands on you for impartation sha da babá. ba ba